Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And guys, today's guest is a buddy of mine that I've uh, I've wanted to bring on the show for a little bit, and we've just been struggling to get it coordinated. So uh, he is a business owner, a, a mentor, a consultant, and uh, he's actually, uh, the reason I've brought him on, he's a brick-and-mortar superstar that teaches small business owners and retailers how to survive in an Amazon-run world. Please welcome to the show, Jeff Janokovo. Hey, Sam, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one, too. Dude, thanks yeah. for coming on, man. Happy to be here. I, I, you're one of those guests where I don't even know where to start the interview because you've got a super interesting... <laughs> hold on. You've got a super interesting story, right? You've got a super interesting business, which is like... It's not like... It's, it's not the normal generic everyday business. It's actually like really really interesting and then you've got a a consulting mm-hmm. and, and 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 a coaching business helping retailers build their other stuff too so where where on earth do i start with you tell us for the audience tell us who you are jeff well yeah i mean uh, as you said I'm, my name is jeff janakovo so i guess i guess i'll start with the image behind me there the big ticket life so that's kind of my brand and mm-hmm. and i'm an ally for integrators is is really who I am and what I do, the kinds of people I help. So like, I love business. I love the creation process. I love painting outside the lines. I hate Mm -hmm. constraints. I loathe, you know, well, my business has to operate this way because my industry says so. Right. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't play, right. I don't play with those roles. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the big ticket life brand, I've got my own show, podcast show for that. That's kind of my chosen media and platform. And, you know, I look to work with people and really establish important relationships with integrator led businesses and, and, you know, bring to them new ideas that they didn't even think of ways to repurpose product offering service levels and mostly the experience. And that's all around the creative thinking process and, and creating things. I'm a high functioning visionary, mm-hmm. but I'm unique in that I have empathy that there needs to be implementation. Right, there, right. You have to respect the detail process. I've learned that hard along the way, <laughs> but I've learned it. I think, and uh, I think we all have. Everybody that respects yeah. details is because we, at one point, we disrespected them. <laughs> well, I look at it this way: like I'm, a, I'm the kind of guy I'll, I'll climb the high dive, jump off, and figure out how to fill the pool if it's empty on the way down. Mm-hmm. And I've had to respect, learn to respect the fact along the way that I can have people come with me and they can see the vision, they can see the idea, but they want to know the hose is plugged into the faucet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. They want evidence of that. They want to, they want to see the waters turned on. Right. Or they want to know the pools filled. Right, right. And that doesn't make, it doesn't make it a bad relationship. doesn't make that person flawed. It makes them who they are and discovery of complementing skills and personalities, man, that's how you assemble great teams and great, great partnerships. So we'll 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 dip into your business uh, here in a little bit, but uh, sorry, your retail business here in a little bit. But mm-hmm. when we when we look at the big ticket life, what was it that inspired you to to start that uh, start that podcast and, and start being the uh, the the advocate and the the consultant that you are? What was it inspired that? Yeah, so 
I've really begun thinking about my life and projects because I kind of run out of steam on creating new things in, in the various businesses I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. But thinking about life and projects. So one of the projects that I work on is getting skills and careers more focused in high school education. Uh, another project that's that's coming out of the off the ground, off the back burner, turning the heat up on is owning kick butt campgrounds with like a Disney experience that is a destination for campers, but is also a destination entertainment center for the local community. Because any campground worth its salt is going to have local community around it Mm -hmm. because the hardcore campers, they don't really want to drive to the middle of nowhere where there's nothing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, they want sites and, uh, and activities around them. So those are a couple projects that I'm working on. And I I realized with the big ticket life, like I've had coaching revenue in my life since 2014, Mm -hmm. but I don't like, I don't like the term coaching consultant because that's a dime a dozen. And I think the lesson in there is if you, what I've learned is if your thing you do can be Googled mm-hmm. with one word, mm-hmm. you Google those words and that prospect looking at the results could spend weeks to months on YouTube garnering information. Mm-hmm. You're in a real precarious position as a business owner. So when I say ally for integrator, that opens up some intrigue and mystique mm-hmm. yeah, and it yeah, actually yeah. kind of call it, it calls out to that exact avatar. Right, 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 right. So it immediately gets people to raise their hand. Another visionary, you know, two visionaries together can be great things, but nothing gets done. Right, right. Because we yeah. like, we point to each other. Well, you gotta, you gotta do it. No, you gotta do it. Right. Uh, you gotta have that integrator, pal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so the big ticket life for me was about okay, that big project of campgrounds you're going to need some revenue because I don't want to pull off of the investment wealth creation path that I'm on. You're going to Mm -hmm. need some increased revenue and how can you be impactful and help people to get there? And thus it, this was born. And, and, you know, and for me, I don't have, uh, I don't have a coaching program, a coaching group. I don't have a course. I've been there and done that. I want meaningful, impactful relationships that are going to last years to decades. Absolutely. And and, and that's what started it. It's, it's hard to uh, it's hard to describe what we do without using those words, man. I don't I don't like that either, and I really love the right. uh, the the focus and the target that you put on on yours, man. That's uh, that's really well yep. done, and yeah, yep. it, it it brings people to the integrator. It, it makes them think of you're the guy that's going to help that integrator. So that's uh, maybe maybe that's something I'll uh, maybe that's something I'll borrow from you there, man. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So tell us about. What it is you do um, with small retailers, um, tell us some of the things that you are, uh, some of the problems you find that you're helping them to fix, uh, like in, in competition for business with Amazon. Yeah. So, I mean, like Amazon, I use as a verb, right? Um, right, right, right. Yeah. Which are like online Ubered sales. It. Yeah. In, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I Ubered it. Well, maybe you did Lyft, maybe you did a limo, but you mm-hmm. didn't rent the car. Right, right, right. right. So I use Amazon in that broader generalization of things. You know, I, I saw an ad on TV last night. Um, people that sell hearing aids have now been Amazon hmm. and, and outdone with tech. You can you can prescribe yourself hearing aids now with your phone at home. Wow. 
So, and you can get, con I've done contact lenses the same way. You set your phone across the room, you do the eye test, you do the hear test, hearing aid test with your phone. I guess they send you a, a hearing measurement device. It what? records everything and your results. They've cut out the ear doctor. Wow. Okay. So don't think for a second that the Amazon world, the tech world of things isn't coming for you because it is. Mm -hmm. Here's where the audiologist, that customer is going to come back to the audiologist. So they, they do this. They don't want to wait five weeks to get the appointment. They go through it on their own. They prescribe themselves their own hearing aids. They go to little Johnny's first uh, piano concert recital and they blow their ears out because they got it wrong. Yeah. Right. Or they miss everything because they got it. They got wrong. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like those things can very well happen. And I'm sure some people will have success, but where people miss is they get so stuck on price competition. Yeah. When you commit to experience and a five-star experience mm -hmm. and you demand your partners and service providers function and operate on the same level you do, you unlock so many things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and it's funny you should, you should bring up the, uh, the online, uh, the online doctors and things, because, you know, I had a, uh, I had to get hormones checked and I did the whole online because, you know, it was, it was inexpensive. And basically what it sent back was just this side of useless. And I didn't care for the teleconference. And when I walked into the doctor down the street and got to sit in a, a, a well-furnished office and talk to a, a psychiatrist in the back and then talk to a doctor and, and be properly taken care of, it made me realize that, hey, maybe not everything is perfectly well cut out to be done online and right maybe if we focused on client experience more people would start coming back to brick and mortars because they want the engagement and they want the experience so right what is it that you do to help small businesses stand apart and develop those experiences yeah so there's a handful of things i look for um that so I'll give the answer and then I'll, I'll, I'll give the three ways we get to the answer. Okay. The answer is expanding that price elasticity, right? Like getting away from the bloody shores of battle on price mm -hmm. and getting into blue ocean. So in my retail business, like our average master bedroom ticket is about 3,400 bucks. Now just, so just let, mm -hmm. drop the name of your retail business and let them know what you sell, mate. Yep. <laughs> just... Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, no, it's, no, no, uh, it's fine. We just never got to yeah. it. <laughs> yep. So the business is Gardner's Mattress and More. We're an independent store in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I co-own that with my great business partner, Ben. He's my integrator there, right? I'm mm -hmm. the visionary and he's the integrator. Right, right. Um, and it was that action and relationship that really made me realize the power of what I can bring to other people. Mm -hmm. I digress. So, you know, mattresses now, you can click, click, ship through Amazon, through all these other online sellers. And it's really become this flashy, fun thing to do. Our business has grown as those companies have come and more come. Our business continues to grow because we're so committed to what I'm going to share here. Yeah, yeah. But when I said our master bedroom sale, that's like we look at we look at purchases. Is it going in the main bedroom or is it going in another bedroom? Mm -hmm. Kids bedroom, guest bedroom, et cetera. Right. The average mattress set sold in our nation is 1200 bucks. So we're nearly three times that price. Yeah, yeah. Now we're not ripping people off. We're delivering immense value. We're solving their problems. And it's because we're committed to that, that we're able to hit that mark. And we get there because first, the, the, so that's the answer, that price elasticity right. and the experience to back it up, right? Expand 
expand what you think your business can command. That's really my definition of price elasticity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get there. The, you know, establishing authority is is really important. Like I love the the book method. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever media cements your authority, go and grab it. I think right, a book right. is a great way to do it. Uh, you could do guides. You could do tip sheets. You could do web series, or I'm sorry, uh, like podcast series. Mm-hmm. It's all just media, but think about the media that your best customer is going to use the most and be most connected to. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, um, um, that's exactly why I have this. I, I started out doing interviews with local small business owners and sharing my audience with them, and I got to share their audience, and he, he built my entire network, and people watched the content. You know, yeah. It can be as simple as that. Yep. So, you know, that authority piece is created through whatever media you choose Mm -hmm. um, by really sharing the should ask questions. You know, we're not our customer, you know, in, in my business, I mean, we're blessed. We have, we have customers that are on their third, their third and fourth Tempur-Pedic mattress from us. That's rare. Right. Um, But they've grown with the brand and they've, they've had needs to get another one. So they come back to us, but for the most part, you know, Buying a mattress is a four, maybe five time a life thing mm-hmm. for most people, for the right. average person. Yeah. The average person remodels a home once in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they do a bathroom or kitchen in addition to that. Right. But it's right. rare. Um, you know, they build a deck, they go buy a boat. So infrequent. So, like my core focus, again, when we get back to specificity of things, is those are the kinds of businesses I gravitate to and that I can help because mm-hmm. there's tremendous ability to bolt on experience and authority around that and expand the realm of of pricing and and uh ultimately what that customer experiences so the authority piece is there um the experience piece got to exist um, yeah so like yeah. is it so like we have a dream room in our store mm-hmm. and i take this dream room scenario out to anybody i work with so there we can move a demo model into the dream room close the door. It looks like a nice hotel suite, Mm -hmm. close the door, relax, read a book, take a nap. Just, we ask that you don't do anything. You don't want mom to see. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, when you use that room with us, that investment of your time rewards you in the fact that if you're not happy with your purchase carte blanche, we exchange it. There's no fees. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so that's an experience unlike anybody else. No one else does that. They've tried to fail because they're not committed to the experience of things. But like I've taken that out to um, uh, a furniture store that I worked with years ago. Mm-hmm. So th- these guys were selling high-end Natuzzi leather sofas, big chain competitors coming into town. For one sofa from them, you could buy a whole house of furniture from this chain competitor. Oh, wow. And their quality was good. Natuzzi's at the best level, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, well, stop selling the brown sofa and the black sofa choice and sell the room and how it's used. So the script on greeting became, mm-hmm. tell me how you use your living room. Our showroom's actually kind of set up to how you're going to use this furniture in your home. Do you use, is your room a sacred room? Like it is our owner's mother, where it's, which really was my grandmother, right, where right. it's, you're going to sit, converse, maybe take a nap. Your shoes are off. There's absolutely no food and drink. And there's really not even a television. Every grandma had that room, dude. <laughs> right, right. And I, yeah. I jokingly called it the sacred room with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Grand Central Station living room where homework and hmm. food and yep. 
TV and, and video gaming and everybody's in there, the pets. So durability, stain proof, USB ports for phones are important. Mm, oh yeah. And there's the power, there's the power couple room, right? This is the empty nest couple that's still working and they high performers. So they need the lift top coffee tables to put the laptop on and spread out and pockets and lift top consoles for pens. What? I don't know about any of that's, this. I would love right. that kind of furniture. Like, I don't right. know about any of it because nobody ever showed it to me. Exactly. They just mm -hmm. showed you the brown and black choice, right? Because you're asking me what my ideal furniture looks like before you're ever walking me around your store. You're asking me what, right. my, solu what, my, what my solution looks like. Right. I, man, it's genius. Like this, this stuff translates out beyond like my innate industry, home, home furnishings. I worked with a guy who was a coach to kitchen kitchen remodelers. Mm -hmm. And we wrote um, a guide and authority piece for him to license to all of his kitchen cabinet remodeling clients. And we broke out a sub guide, a sub guide around if you're left-handed or right-handed. Because if you're a left-handed person and your kitchen is designed for right-hand dominant function, you're going to hate your kitchen remodel. Hmm. So who knew that? I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, sir. And I'm left-handed too. Right. <laughs> right. So like those should ask questions are what goes into that authority piece. It's, it's your framework of your content. And then that frames the experience. Like, a, like the sofa example, the kitchen cabinet example, I worked with a deck builder where, you know, we, the, the phraseology is tell me how you're going to entertain with this deck. Whose mm. space is this? Yeah. Is it set up for the guy that's like the hobby barbecue yep. guy that mm -hmm. wins the chili competition all exactly. the time? Exactly. There's a whole different, yeah, mom's deck or dad's deck or the teenager's right. deck. Like, yeah. yeah. Or, or you want to talk about pressure treated wood versus Trex deck. Mm -hmm. Here's the price for lumber you got to paint in five years. Here's the price for lumber you never have to paint. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not going to get splinters. Yeah. Uh, no. So you're going to give me splinters with the pressure treated stuff? No, thank you. <laughs> like, you need we this experience needs to dovetail into tell me how you're going to use what you're buying tell me mm -hmm. what you've been frustrated with in the past mm -hmm. and now that just opens up an entire realm of experiential possibility that's really powerful and then moves the price elasticity in your favor right of and course it's not that you're ripping people people think oh well, you're just charging more to charge more absolutely not you're getting a premium price because you're delivering a premium experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about think about Disney World, happiest place on earth. Okay. Florida weather is nice right now in January when we're recording this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once it moves to May through October, <laughs> it's hot. It certainly June, is. June, July, yeah. August, September. Yeah, it's it miserable. Rains. It's miserable. It's mm. hot. You're sweating yeah. the minute you walk out your hotel room. It pours mm -hmm. on you at three o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. to the point where a mechanism at Disney, if you watch, they have umbrellas at hand, ready to go to sell you. They roll out the bins of umbrellas at about one thirty and bring them in at four. Yeah. That's got. <laughs> the happiest place on earth, but everybody agrees. My, my uh... you wrap experience around. You can overcome anything, <laughs> man. You're exactly right. My 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 ex-wife and I went there when we were in our early twenties and we were there for five days and it rained every single day. Yeah. Set your watch to it. And we still had fun. 
you know, we still had yep. fun, and the experience was still there, and we would have still gone back. You know, it was right. uh, it, it was just like that. So, and that's because you know Disney is committed to over managing your experience, mm-hmm. like that umbrella example. They yeah. won't sell gum. They don't sell gum in their in their food stands because gum on your shoe gets brought back to your hotel room. Mm-hmm. You get it in your suitcase. Yeah, and it ruins. Yeah. It might ruin the T-shirt you just bought. Mm-hmm. like they go that level of things and um when you seek to overmanage the experience and really think through how can you make it better and better and better things become very powerful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's that's where i start um with almost all of my consults is what's the end goal here and what would mm-hmm. i do if i was experiencing this how would you feel if you were experiencing this? What would your ideal experience be? And most business yep. owners, they haven't thought past keeping the door open and, and trying to sell some of the stock that they have. They haven't thought about right. the experience of the customer and how to bring them back. You know. So what are some experiential things in, uh, I was going to say in your experience, but then I'm just using the word too many times. What are some experiential things that small brick and mortar retailers should be doing for their clients as they're coming in the door yeah i mean um one thing that i love working uh like in the sales process on is first and foremost shifting away from just selling in the old school Mm -hmm. like ben frank ben franklin tactics you know put the pen on the line (laughs) get away from that it's 2023 all the information your customer has is right here amen yep your job is aggregating that information and then affirming through your process that you've got the right fit for them. Prescription and fit right, equals affirmation so that you're the right place to do business with. That's an experience. The sales process can be an experience. because, And if you dispute me on that, look at a review of any store you want and see what they say about a sales process that was pushy, hardcore, overbearing in your face. Mm-hmm. Directly translates to a poor experience. You you said a sales process could be an experience. I think we go mm-hmm. one step further and say it should be an experience. It absolutely yes. should be an experience. Yeah, yes. like the, the the more they feel, it's it's how you make a client feel that makes them remember you and makes them send you business and send you referrals and helps you build that audience man all right i want to move this interview a little bit jeff and i want to talk about your early life um your teenage years and your journey (laughs) your journey into becoming a successful entrepreneur and the reason i do this jeff is we've got a lot of younger listeners in their teens and their 20s that are starting out in a young in business and they're they're actually looking to guys like you and me for advice so uh what were you like in your uh, in your teens and 20s man What, what was it like starting out for you in business um so i worked I've been working essentially full-time mm-hmm. by the definition of full-time since the age of 15. Um, I had my eyes set on a car at that mm-hmm. age to buy my first car. Cause I wasn't going to get any help from mom and da- mom and dad. What better motivation um, though, that car. Right. That, that, that's why yeah, I went, that's why I worked. I rode my bicycle to work every day. till I could get a car. <laughs> yep. Teal blue 1981 Corvette. 
Mm -hmm. or, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, uh, Camaro, not a Corvette, oh, Camaro. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, so that was the that was that motivation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I did some side hustle stuff, grass cutting, cleaning cars, shoveling snow. Um, did that. Um, you know was a victim of ageism at the time. I didn't even know it. Like here I was 16 <laughs> working at a diner. Yeah. Yeah. And they paid me a quarter above minimum wage just because they could and thought, right. oh, he doesn't have any bills. He doesn't have kids. Yep. But meanwhile, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving them myself and filling a position that they would otherwise have to fill, you know, with an adult, with a family and two kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't realize that when you're a kid though, do you? You just, no, you, just go, no. you get on with the work and you're like, well, I'm, I'm making a little yeah. bit more than minimum. So but you yeah. don't realize how that works. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, as a side note, the people that I work with, I really, you know, if, if you're treating your team terribly mm -hmm. and you're paying under market and there's no value of the time that they're giving, because life and business on your terms is my mantra. And, and time is the most precious thing we all have. Amen. If you as a leader can't respect that of the people that help you achieve your goals, that's a problem for me. That's absolutely an issue. I agree a thousand percent um, with that. Yeah. So, and I, and I lived it. Um, you know, for me, I guess it was like my uncles were entrepreneurs. My father had a trucking business. So it was kind of like in my DNA, mm -hmm. um, you know, but I, I never really looked past early on. I never really looked past what I, I work with my clients now of getting into that investor seat. You know, if I was sick, I didn't cut lawns. Right. If it didn't right. snow. I couldn't shovel any driveways. Mm -hmm. You know, and there was never any thought of leverage and scale. It was just, if I do the work, I get paid. So yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I was making that money on the side, but, but at, at, if I didn't do the work. You didn't make any, you didn't make money. But at 17 years old or 18 or whatever you were mowing yards and all that stuff, the information to leverage and scale a business wasn't as freely available as it is today. Like, no, no, we didn't. I mean, we didn't have. Wasn't established yet at mm -mm. that time. Like I can remember, I can remember sending checks in the mail with stamped envelopes on to buy printed, you know, print out little notebooks on reports and how to do this and how to do that and how to do the other. Like yep. there wasn't websites you could go to. So right here's here's an interesting thought because mm -hmm. I you know I think I shared with you about projects I'm interested in skills and careers in high school being one of them. Mm -hmm. Here's an interesting thought that I think is a fair statement to make. Education is holding on to their process like grim death because the reality is a go-getting young adult mm -hmm. 16 17 sitting in the desk that they're teaching could very well in this day and age establish a business in which they're making more per year by the time they graduate than the teacher at the front of the room. Dude, listen. Is that I, I think kid, that's a fair statement to make. That that's that's so grossly underestimated. A kid with the right computer that understands traffic and affiliate marketing. Even just that, just affiliate marketing. You could direct link affiliate marketing, teach a kid how to do it, have a thirty percent profit margin, and have that kid make more money than his teachers make in a year in a freaking month. Like right. it, it's so right. scary. Um and, how and and <laughs> how quickly and, this this has evolved so the lesson would be always look around and ask yourself why is this person telling me this is it is it for their purpose is it for my purpose is it for a shared purpose mm -hmm. a shared purpose would be as an educator would be hey 
the path that education has ran on the rails for decades and decades has worked. Mm-hmm. It is not the be all and end all. No one, not everyone needs to hold this specific train ticket. Right. You can get off at this stop. You can get off at that stop. That's not what's happening now, unfortunately. So you ask yourself, is this their purpose, my purpose, or a shared purpose? And I think that's a lesson you could take away as a younger listener and, and older listener for that fact. You know, always ask more questions beyond what you've been told. Amen. I like that. And I don't think any, like, I'm a huge, huge proponent of further education and continuing education. I just think that we're going to see huge shifts in the number of people signing up for universities and colleges as opposed to the people because when when you look now online at at, at khan academy uh uh youtube uh udemy uh, there's so many like there's there's scores of them duolingo like there's so many independent apps that you can learn valuable marketable skill sets with um i don't think we're going to replace engineering degrees anytime soon but i think there's a whole there's a whole bunch of kids and it can yep. really benefit from just doing the work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, secondary, post-secondary education is important. I, mm-hmm. We definitely want our doctors and nurses and lawyers. Absolutely. And engineers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely want them getting all the knowledge base they need, <laughs> yes. you know, but, but I, but I would contend for even those professions with the amount of information we have at hand and the resourcefulness we mm-hmm. can have is six years really needed. Could it be four? Mm. Could it be five? I don't know. But mm. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's just so much out there um, that is at hand now, and and that's where we're not keeping up. We're not respecting that fact. Um, you know, we teach kids to take a test, not to understand, not to think critically about the why. Right. And even even as business owners, we we get away from that. We get away from why, why is this offering that I know helps people? Why isn't it being taken? Well, maybe it's in the way we're presenting it. Yeah. Maybe it's a great offer. We're just putting it in front of the wrong audience. Maybe yeah. it's the right audience, the right offer, but in the wrong media. Mm-hmm. Man, the, you know? There's so many little, little variables that you can right. test. Man. Yeah, dude, good stuff, Jeff. Good stuff. Um, tell me one more time about the name of the mattress shop and how people can find it on the internet. What was it again? Yeah, so that one, uh, that one there, uh, the store is gardenersmattressamore.com. That was it. That That's was the website. It. That's the name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but really, if you're, you know, on the topic of sleep, if you're like a high performance person where, you know, you need to sleep well and be restored, uh, we've got these very unique systems that I like to call less snore more cuddle sleep systems <laughs> through. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. that name. Yep. So uh, less snore, more cuddle.com is a, a sub niche of what we're doing uh, within the retail store. But there were, we're, you know, we can have a conversation nationwide with people on those systems. We actually can consult with you virtually and, uh, and help people out all, all over the nation. So less snore, more cuddle.com would be a good place to start as well. Uh, I like that. All right. So that's a, a really quick plug because we're, we're only halfway through the story. So you, you was, um, <clears throat> mowing yards and then you came out and how did you get 
into, I know your, your, your uncles had businesses, your dad was a trucker. How did you get into starting your own company? And uh, what was it like as a young man? Was it, was it a scary experience? Were you intimidated? How did, that, how did that come about? And how did your movement into full-time entrepreneurship happen? Yeah, so I worked in construction, tore my body up to the point where I wasn't able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could, you know, I'm like, I know the product. I've installed the product. Let me go sell the product. So I went into building products meteoric rise in that career only to be have my knees cut out uh, i knew the company didn't like operating at large margins i went and got national accounts and a couple months after the fact they're like we don't want to do this business you're done and uh wow yeah and, and i said well that really sucks you know i kind of thought we were all committed to this at least that's what i was told they changed their mind, their prerogative. But for me, it was it was such an integrity thing at that point that I just had to move on. Of course. And um, so I responded to an, an ad in the newspaper. And for you younger kids out there, these are <laughs> these are things that used to like show up on your front porch, rolled up a kid on a bicycle, had a little side hustle delivering them. I think you can um, still find those in antique stores, can't you, newspaper? You still have them? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> they aren't just on websites. They used to be printed out. But... A uh, little one inch by one inch ad national. Uh, it said uh, sl- sales slash service rep national accounts call Ed. And I called Ed and Ed became eventually uh, got on the team. Eventually we became partners. And then I bought him out of that business. And we serviced and oh, sold wow. to uh, factory uh, stores like mine mm-hmm. uh, all across the nation, chain stores, regional stores, national stores. We represented factories. We built products. We launched brands. And uh, that's where I really cut my teeth in the furniture and mattress industry. Wow! Just from and, a just uh, from an ad in the newspaper, just from just from calling yeah. Ed, man. Yeah, Dude, but here's crazy. here's the thing. I did that. Uh, I quit that building products job and mm-hmm. jumped into entrepreneurship two weeks before I got married. Wow! What did uh, I just told my wife? Told my fiance, I'm yeah. doing this. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my life working with a company, working for other people. I'm going to go out and carve my own, my own path. And was, was she supportive of that then? Yep. Excellent. You know, you got the right yeah, girl. She was a little scared, you. but yeah. she's, she's always been my biggest supporter. You know, you got the right girl when they're your biggest fan, man. That's, uh, that's, that's good. Right. Cause like a, a lot of, um, a lot of guys want to take the risks and a, a lot of times it's the wife that's the one uh, pressing the brake pedal, so to speak, and saying, hey, just hold up a little bit because uh, it tends to be that we've got the wild side that wants to go and uh, conquer things and they've got well, the they, they got the more home, like uh, I want some stability side, you know? Yeah. Well, just like my match with matching with integrators and being mm-hmm. where I can be their ally as a visionary and the same dynamic exists in relationships. Absolutely. You've, you've got the... You've got the person willing to stand out front, go be the hunter, uh, go be the protector. And then you've got that nurturing uh, personality, that safe personality, um, you know, in a relationship. And those things exist and they're good for those reasons. You know, I can be impactful for my sons, but so can my wife. And we both respect that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And my sons need her nurturing. Because my nurturing is a swift kick in the ass, um, <laughs> whereas my wife is a little more, you know, kid glove approach. Yeah, um, and both yeah. both are needed. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know, like my son, he, he. I looked out the window here in my studio. He left. I think where he's going is to go get uh, his tires rotated on his truck. He's got mm-hmm. a kick butt nineteen ninety five Ford F one fifty. The thing's beautiful, gorgeous. 
I love it. I've tried to give him my truck. He won't do it. Was it is it square body? It. Is it square body or round body? They changed the body style that year, didn't they? Well, ninety seven. It's, well, it it's a ninety five. It was ninety seven. The they changed the body style. Yeah, yeah the, the it's a square body. Yeah. Those, are, those yeah. are the cool square ones, man. Those are, yeah, beautiful like two tone white and gray. Oh. It was a it was a grocery getter grandpa truck. Mm-hmm. There's not. I mean, the, the, the thing's gorgeous. We he consistently gets offers to buy the truck. Oh yeah, we've we've got so um, much love for vintage trucks around here, man. They're just one of the coolest yeah. things. Mm-hmm. but today i told him i said look either either today you're setting the appointment to get your tires rotated or they're getting rotated today but i'm done with this conversation with you <laughs> you know because i helped him out early on when we got the truck mm-hmm. I, I put some money into it he put a little money into it and as time's gone on and he's graduated high school now it's his truck right but i'm like respect your investment yeah you're gonna wear those t- and they're nice tires you're gonna wear them out prematurely we do a lot of the wrenching together. That's mm-hmm. where we create memories. Again, yeah. that, there's that nurture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's that time for that nurture component. Yeah, I, re- but, I wrenched on cars and my dad too. That's like, it makes me yeah. smile, dude. I mean, it's good, right. good times, you know, but I said, you know, but like that one, I'm not, you know, it just doesn't pay to take the time for either of us to jack it up on all four wheels right, and play, right. play indie pit crew in the garage. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a guy around the corner that does it for 60 bucks. So there you go. he yep. can go, he does it. So, um, that's what he went off to do. But it was, it was, it was, it was like, you know, if, if my wife left that, it would be a lot more soft and it would be months till it gets done. And uh, for me, it was like, it's happening today. One, one thing or the other, it's happening today. I'm a, and, like, uh, guys, guys listening, I'm gonna give you a piece of advice. When your girl's truck needs shit doing, don't even tell her, just take the keys and do it. Get the tires rotated yourself. Get the oil changed yourself. Because if you don't, and you leave her to take care of it, it's not going to get done. And she'll love you forever. And every time you take that truck, you fill it up with gas, you bring it right back, you take it and clean it. It's like, man. Because <laughs> yeah. if you don't, like, yeah, it's it, it, it really does uh, it really does help. So I try and uh, I, I try and always make sure <laughs> that. Uh, that the vehicles are taken care of because man, if you don't, uh, especially with the kids now, oh goodness. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. Otherwise, I mean, he gets on me about changing the oil. Um, we change it every 3000 miles faithfully and he pays attention to it. Uh, but on this one, he's, he, I don't think he quite gets it. Um, right. Right. So I had to, I had to educate him. <laughs> yeah. So I, I could see that. It's, I'm just now coming into this, you know, my, my 11 year old's about to turn 12 and he's already acting like a teenager. I'm just like, how do I get mm-hmm. you to, 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 to be responsible for your own things? But, uh, I guess we're getting, a, <laughs> I guess we're getting a little bit away from business, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, look, family relationships oh, directly impact business. That's a, absolutely you know, if you, right. If you can't, you know, if you pour into your business in mm-hmm. a better way than your family, um, then your your family resents that business. Absolutely. And vice versa. I mean, if you pour into your family, uh, you, you, the people in your business are like, we know this person is capable of empathy and love and respect and nurturing mm-hmm. and all the qualities that make a great husband, father, mother, yep. family leader, parent, et cetera. Like, why can't this monster translate that to us? I think it's it's because you get what you focus on. And... Um, a lot of business are so owners are so focused on focusing on the money, um, right? And you see people that are really successful with money, but have 
alcohol problems and relationship issues mm-hmm. and health issues, but they're really good with money. And I think one of the, 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 the things about being a business owner is eventually you figure out that you've got to be good with money, but you've got to be good with relationships, you've got to be good with your health, and you've got to be good with your life. And it's all got right. to balance, you know? And yeah. it, it, you see guys be successful at one area, and it's just because they haven't learned about balance. Right. Right. Yeah. For me, uh, that answer about balance, I've got a couple of thoughts there, but what was right on my mind now is I think if you, if you in your mind commit to the shift of moving from success, just success to moving to significance. Mm, I like that. So that that's a pretty broad statement, but it's also really laser focused. Like if you're just good with money, that's success. Mm-hmm. But if you're good about making money and keeping money, and having the best talent because you have money to pay the best mm-hmm. talent. Yeah. That solves that problem. And and when you pay the best talent, you give them a little more leverage. You give them the ability to have more initiative in the company, more responsibility in the company, which now frees you from the company. Puts you into the into the role of your job is making good decisions. That's your yeah. job as the business owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the biggest thing I do for my people is I get them into that investor seat in the business where that's all they do is make good decisions. Mm, That's their sole focus. Good decisions around marketing, good decisions around hiring, good decisions around growth, good decisions around scale. And when we can shift into that success, into that significance away from just success, it changes everything. Um, Our relationships become more significant, not just successful. Success is being married and having two kids. Yeah. Just about anybody can do that. You know, it's not hard to make kids. It's actually a lot of fun. (laughs) But the significance of it, Mm -hmm. right? We've all seen that anybody can be a father. It takes a man to be a dad. That, yes. Uh, Boys in the the hood. That was a Lawrence Fishburne quote. Yeah. Right. There's that success to significance in real life. You know, the American dream. It's the definition. It's part of that definition of success. House, picket fence, wife, two kids, right? Yeah. Significance. A big station wagon is, with a V8. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Significance is children that love you and you yes. have memories with them. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so that shift is, is, uh, is real important. The balance thing, I always say, who's telling you what balance is and, and is their definition of balance appropriate for your Amen. Dude, I have an entire definition of my ideal balanced life written out that I created and I time block my calendar according to me yep. arriving at that destination. Yeah. Yep. But that I that's call that co- my script of day. I do yes. I, I, we probably do something very similar. We we have we have probably the same coaches, man, you know. <laughs> it's yep. it's how it works. I mean, you, you get around Apex long enough and we're we're all learning it's because of how effective it is, though. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it really is. So we talk about balance. Like, every single day of mine, I get up at about 4.45, and I go to bed about 10 o'clock, and the entire mm-hmm. day is full. But it's balanced, right. and I'm doing all the things I want to do, and I'm happy doing it. Yep. How do you control your time and control your day? Yeah, so my scripted day is... So I've got some important things, right? And it's literally a sheet. I don't have it up here with me. I'd show it. But... Uh, <laughs> It's literally a piece of paper. I've tried apps. I've tried calendar. I'm not, I, I don't like being in front of a computer. Um, I, I keep mine in my pocket. It's folded up. It's right there. There you go. Yep. 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 
So uh, like mine's downstairs on my office desk downstairs. This is my upstairs podcast studio. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, Because it's quiet. Uh, downstairs <laughs> is Grand Central Station with teenagers and dogs. Yes, sir. <laughs> but um, so my script today, I've got levers at the top that are important to, to my goals. So one is reading. Um, uh, um, I love, I read good stuff, put good food into the brain, right? Mm-hmm. I also read uh, things that are pre printing press. Mm. Okay. So like the Bible yeah, is yeah. one of those things. Yeah. The art of war is another one of those things. Uh, the fable of Beowulf is mm. pre-printing press. It is, uh... Think about these stories. Think about these works of art and literature. They were so valuable. Somebody, mm-hmm. while there was a crusading army coming to take down the town center, they went to the the, the basement and grabbed the books. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See... Or if it was a person that had it in their mind, they put five other villagers around them to take the arrows to save that person. Mm-hmm to bring yeah. that story forward. Okay. So that stuff's really valuable to humanity and society as a whole. So I try to read at least 10 minutes of that stuff each day, read other stuff for an hour, meditate on, on um, the books. Aesop's fables was one of yep. my favorite, all the old yep. stories, uh, highly recommended. Sorry, sorry to cut you off meditation. Yep. Um, yep. I, something else I didn't think worked until I started doing it. So yep. yeah, tell yep. us, tell us how that is for you. Yeah. So for me, like I, so those levers at the top, there's a, mm-hmm. a box time with my wife, time with my sons, yep. um, movement for me. I'm not the healthiest guy. Uh, so I really try to make movement daily. I've got some physical things that are coming to a head with knee replacement surgery and a bunch of stuff in February. So that excuse goes away, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm happy. And it's, it's, it's not an excuse. It's a legitimate circumstance. Um, it's being fixed and I'm looking forward to enjoying the fix. Yeah, there's, but, uh, there's nothing worse than being out injured and just sitting there waiting right. for it to get better. Oh, right. I hate it. So I check those boxes, but a lot of people think I sleep in you know, until like 9, 30, 10 o'clock because my time mm-hmm. is in that 7.30 to 9, 9.30 window, about yeah. two hours each day. Yeah. I don't answer the phone. I don't make phone calls. I don't mm-hmm. book calls. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'm most productive. That's where I'm most creative. That's where I can listen and I can ask big questions. Absolutely. Good questions create an open loop in your mind and it makes your mind work mm-hmm. like the muscle that it is. Yeah. And uh, whether you believe in faith and you believe in whatever above you, it doesn't matter. We're so, if you don't participate in this exercise of giving your time, mind to listen to what's around you and ask questions, the world will take care of that for you. Algorithmically, mm-hmm. our society's programmed to do that for us. Yep. So you got to actively work against it. Absolutely. And then from 10 to four, that's when the calls get scheduled. I'll typically block things. This is my third out of four podcasts for today. Yep. This, um, is, my, this is my second out of two, yep. but it is Friday. So. <laughs> right. right. Um, and then the last appointment's at four o'clock. I'm wound up usually by five. Mm-hmm. And then it's like family time, my own time, thinking time, some yep. more creative time. And that's how I achieve balance. And yeah. I don't get hung up on... Um, like my business partner, as an example, something very important to him is kids on and off the bus. Mm-hmm. So our business, our appointments, I know for him, if I'm booking an appointment for a provider to come in, like an ad rep mm-hmm. to come in and talk about a new program, I respect his wish that that's what he wants. And if I'm in charge of that appointment, I don't book it to Absolutely. violate his time. I'm the same way. Um, 
same way. Three yeah. o'clock, three o'clock to five thirty every day. Yeah. I'm I'm out. Like and I, yeah. I I do I do a block from six to eight most evenings, but that times with my kids. You know, yeah, yeah. Pick, I mean, pick I them up. I pick the them up from and... school. We go to the park and like, and it, it gives me a shot at the rest of the day too. Like it's important that I'm with my kids, and the same for your yep. for your business partner, you know. Yep. And and that kind of constraint on time, not constraint, that um, management of time mm-hmm. is what's so important. That's the lesson. I don't care where your where your meditation block is in the day. It doesn't matter where your time with your children or wife or spouse mm-hmm. is in the day. It doesn't matter. No matter where what matters it is. is it's happening exactly yes like, you know you said you get up at 4 45 i don't mm-hmm. get up that early some people get all locked up in being an early riser right but you hey, don't take off that till, is... you don't take off till five i'm off at three like right. so yeah i'll start right. two hours before you it's the same we, we got the yeah. same blocks you see same time right <laughs> you know and listen that is a marker of success but the bigger the bigger indicator is people who manage their time and are rigid with it yeah you have to be important. like like I had a, a realtor friend in a referral group and she was lamenting about time and she could never do what I do with my script a day. And I said, you absolutely can. If you look at when you're getting all these frantic calls, these are lizard brain home buyers mm-hmm. that because you've not put out expectations, they just think you're available at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. I said, and shame on you for taking a phone call at 1 a.m. Yeah, who does that? You are not launching rockets well, well, or curing cancer. You know, you're selling what? a house. You know what, though, like, because I I've sold a lot of houses. I have a uh, I have a real estate company that I uh, I don't I don't I don't mess with anymore. It's dormant. We still have the brand. We still sell a house here, sell a house there, whatever. But um, right. like it's it's I I evolved past it. Um, but people would text you at every single hour of the day wanting to know what was up, and um, you know, it wasn't until I started telling people, hey. This is when we're talking. Like, this is when we're talking next. Yep. This is when we're talking next. And if it's an emergency, send me a message. But if not, this is when you're getting your updates. When I put everybody on an update schedule, I say, this is normal. This is normal. This is normal. We'll be checking in and, and doing these boxes. I finally got my time back. But as real estate agents, you are trained to be reactive to the customer. Uh, the yeah, broker, they br- they want you to chase them. It's awful. It, 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 yeah. The whole industry could use a little bit of help, to be honest. <laughs> but 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 sure. one of the encouraging things in the real estate industry is is now the young god I'm going to say the young kids but there's there's kids in their in their late 30s and early thir- late 20s sorry and early 30s that are figuring it out and are putting together more experiential models like you mm-hmm. were talking about and it's helping to set yep. them apart from those big online brokers. Yep. So it's it's come yep. all the way back that. the other way. Yeah. Good for them. Yep. Jeff, damn it, we we're running up on time, mate. Because like it's one fifty-five, and uh, mm-hmm. I've you know I've got a two o'clock because you know how this goes. Yep. Um, That's right, man. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, I want yeah, to do the last. Did I want to do the last two questions really, really quick? Okay, uh, the first question: Small business surgeon, as we we talked about earlier, it's aimed at guys that are a few years behind us in business. Maybe they're young in mm-hmm. business. Maybe they're young in life. But if if you could go back now and tell Jeff from ten years ago, if you could give him just the one one little nugget of advice, what advice would you give him to make his path a little bit easier? Uh, plan for five years from now. You know, kind of skate to where the puck is going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
you know, if, if you're in a, like for me, I have this knee surgery coming up. It's very involved. It involves the tibia. I'll be, I'll be non-weight bearing for four weeks. I wow. cannot go to my business. I probably won't be able to drive for at least two weeks. Um, thankfully it's my left leg, so I don't need it to drive. But like, what would happen to your business if you were out of commission for four weeks? Yeah. All right. God forbid something happens to you or you're in a car accident mm -hmm. and you're, you're dealing with life in that regard for six months. Yeah. What happens to your business? You're right. You're so, exactly right. you know, the, the bigger answer there is how do you get yourself out and, and always work on the business and your team is working in the business with you? Man, that's really, really solid advice. Thank you for that. All right. Last question, Jeff. Um, again, thank you for coming on and hanging out with us today. For those mm -hmm. of the listeners that have enjoyed you, I want to know maybe a little bit more about your show, The Big Ticket Life, or about yep. your business, uh, Gardeners, Mattress, and more. Uh, LessSnoreMoreCuddle.com. Um, where can they find you on social media and where can they follow you on the internet? Yeah. So the, the, the place to go, because we've touched on a lot of things I do, yeah. and then there's other things I do that we haven't. <laughs> so easiest place, you don't have to type Janakovo or say it. You just go to thejeffg.com. It's uh, it's kind of like my hub. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to talk sleep, there's buttons for that. If you want to talk big ticket life, there's buttons for that. Podcasts, you can check that. If you just want to be a Facebook connection, click, click that button. So it's kind of like choose your own adventure. Whatever intrigued you today or invigorated you today, we can connect in that fashion. Well, thejeffg.com. I love it. Thank you again for your time, Jeff. Thanks for coming on the show, brother. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that was Jeff Janakovo. Do me a favor, run over to his link there. We'll post it in the show notes. Run over to his link, show him some love on his socials, give him a follow. And uh, if you like what we had to say on today's show, as always, do us a favor, share it, write it down, leave a review, tag a friend, whatever it is you got to do. We would appreciate it. And you can find us on all the socials at Small Business Surgeon and especially over on YouTube where we started posting all the video content of our interviews. All right, that's going to do it from me for today. You'll be good. Stay safe and catch me on Friday for another episode of Friday Fire. Bye. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week.